This show is part of the Miles Offside Podcast Network. Visit twitter.com slash milesoffsidepod for more information. And now, on with the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar. I mean, there's a terrible police siren going on, but you're going to go for it as well? I mean, is that the bullshit police? Yeah, Yeah, clearly. (laughs) It must be a sign from the universe, because everybody's just waiting. They just want to hear it, and I guess I'll give it to the people. And welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me as always are my co-hosts Chuck Bailey and super producer Ian Stimson. Don't like change, stop it. This this will be the third time now that we've told you don't know. <laughs> I feel like he's persevering with it. Well, if anything, when you tell me not to do something, it makes me want to do it more. Yeah. You know, if you had just said nothing, I would have been like, eh, that was kind of boring, whatever. But now it's a thing. So, you know, I'm not going to back down. Um, If you are joining us for the first time, thank you for joining us. Uh, We are in season two of the Miles Offside podcast. This week we will be going through our preview for the upcoming season, specifically focusing on the bottom-ish 13 teams. Uh, Next week we will get to the big six and... Crystal Palace, so Chuck doesn't feel so bad about himself for being a Crystal Palace fan. And also because there's literally been nothing happened, so I have nothing to talk about. <laughs> You're waiting another week for some news to come in. Yeah, It's been a bit of a dull summer so far. But last week we got a nice bump from the FPL, so if you heard us last week and you're back, uh, thank you. We're happy to have you. Welcome aboard. Um, and for those of you that have been around since last year, find something else to do with your time, genuinely. No, like, don't. Don't oh, stop school, saying this. Why did you do this? Why did you self-sabotage? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the American. Right, it's the British as well, but let's not put up that thread. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to be going through the 13-ish lesser teams. For We need a better way to refer to them so that I don't feel like guilty. I, I mean, I would give my right bollock to be in the Premier League with Peterborough, so... To call them lesser seems bad. Well, you're not using it much anyway, right? So, Good point. Good point. Get rid. <laughs> right in the bin. In. <laughs> uh, we won't be doing any news stories. We won't be doing our usual listener feedback and stuff. There is a lot of teams to get through. Um, so shall we just jump right in, gentlemen? Yeah. All right. So we're going to be doing this in reverse order of where they finished last year, including the promoted teams. Um, but we figured we'd get Newcastle out of the way because they suck. They're going to get relegated. There's nothing good going on there whatsoever. Anything to add, gentlemen, or can we move on to Villa? Gut punch for the Northerners. Um, yeah. Steve Bruce. The Bruce. Big Steve. Let's not do Newcastle now. That's they, They've got enough to worry about without us saying they're insta-relegated. I mean, they did buy a player, Joe Ellington. Which is a great name. It's honestly. it's a massive kick in the bollocks, isn't it, for Rafa that he gets no guarantees on money being spent, so leaves, and then Steve Bruce comes in and they spend, they break their club record to sign someone, but at the same time yeah. also sell someone for thirty million. Yeah, they sold uh, Ayosi Perez for thirty, um, and then they did sell a bunch of other players, um, but none of them for any money. <laughs> 
Well, well, okay. But as Arsenal fan TV knows, it's all about net spend. So we're looking at what net spend of ten million there. So I mean, that's nothing. Well, that puts them at what I think minus sixteen million net spend for the past four <laughs> seasons, saving the high street. Um, no, they're getting relegated, aren't they? It's just a matter of time of when it happens. Let's do Newcastle in a bit. The, the I mean, I genuinely that... have nothing to say about Newcastle. Like, is there <laughs> anything to say besides like, oh, they signed a guy named Joe Ellington and captain whoever's playing against them in midfield in FPL? Like, that's it, right? The sad thing is, Ian, that Oscar, Oscar does have it quite succinctly wrapped up there. So, I, know, I mean, we that, can revisit I'm, it later if you want. But... I try to argue because I like the idea of going through it bottom to top, but... There's, there's no argument. We've not got a lot more yeah. else to say. And like, we? I can't even pull up the XG numbers from last year because that's going to be under Rafa. Like, it's going to be a completely different situation yeah. this year. So, like, they suck. Bye, Newcastle. It was nice <laughs> knowing you. I'm sorry. <laughs> As the resident northerner, are you like offended that we're being so dismissive of Newcastle? Or I, I don't, I don't even know how far Peterborough is from Newcastle. It must be about 300 miles. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Yeah, probably twice the distance of Peterborough to London. Easily, easily. I mean, come on. I'll tell you right now, I'm pulling it up on maps. Oh, you big baby, it's only 200 miles. I've driven that far for lunch, literally. Well, that much is true, Jesus. I'm not driving to Newcastle for food. Well, there's no good food in Newcastle, right? They're basically (laughs) Scotland, so... (laughs) Somehow even worse than English food. No, that's not true, I like Scotland. I like Scotland a lot. Really good food in Edinburgh. And, and you like English food, so... <laughs> yeah, that's sense. also true. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, let's go to the relegated... Or not relegated. The promoted teams, No, then. we are not talking about Huddersfield ever again. Ever, <laughs> ever again. <laughs> Newcastle's going to be the new Huddersfield, right? Like, uh, yeah, I think so. Could be. Do they have a shot at the like worst points ever record, or are we being like way over dramatic? I mean, Huddersfield managed to beat that, so let's not... Did they? Yeah, as in they got more points, didn't they? More points than Derby. Yeah, they're not the worst team ever. Yeah, oh, that's I what see. I mean. Sorry, right. Gotcha. All right, so let's go to the promoted teams then. Uh, they finished last year in fifth in the championship, but they made it up through the playoffs. They had a late surge to even make the playoffs, actually. I did so much research, you guys. I don't know jack shit about anyone other than Chelsea in like, the top six usually, but I spent all morning reading up on this. So I'm like, ooh, I know things. Go on, then. I'm not trying to come in last place in the Predictor League again, so... Trying to, yeah, yeah. Because you tried <laughs> to come in last last year. Of course you did. Mm-hmm. Carry on. So, we have Aston Villa. Aston Villa came in fifth. Um, they, just to throw some numbers out, since I did all my research anyway, they scored 82 goals, although only 71.2 on XG. So, they were up 10 and 10.8 goals on their goals scored, which is a lot. Um, 61 conceded on 56.8 XGA. So they underperformed there by four goals. Uh, 76 points, unexpected 71 points, but they finished fifth place, unexpected fifth place. So not that far off, but they scored a lot more than they would than you would expect. And that is kind of the story with them going into it. They lost Tammy Abraham, who was their best player and their best goal scorer. Um, he'll be sticking around at Chelsea, maybe playing, maybe being backup. But what about you? What are your thoughts, guys? How, how are we looking at Villa? Yeah, they did. They did have a very late surge, which was massively motivated by Jack Grealish getting knocked out at one point, or sorry, not knocked out, but <laughs> just knocked down by a uh, by a Birmingham fan. Um, and you they, can call him a bellend; it's fine. Who the Birmingham bellend? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Jack Grealish. I'm not a huge fan of Jack Grealish, but 
I think the way he dealt with that was brilliant, and the guy who clocked him is a bellend. I think a lot of people gained more support for him for that. Certainly, yep. Yeah, good on him, even though he does look like a carnival worker. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's Villa. I mean, Villa are back. Everyone can say about them being a big club, etc., but it's not... I'm not really excited about it. Yeah, they might be all right. Um, and yeah, similar to like Wolves and Fulham of last season, they seem to have bought quite a lot of players in um, already, whether that's because they've lost some people like Tammy Abraham or um, Mile Jedinak. Yeah, ex-Palace. Indeed. always We always... I, I keep tabs. I know, I know where they go. Uh, yeah, so, so far... What they've had four players come back on loan and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine signings, as many as nine. Yeah. Um, especially as the Trezeguet got announced today, who's like this exciting Egyptian winger, Tyrone Mings, that bloke what stamped on Zlatan's head. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie Target from Southampton, who's a fantasy darling a few seasons ago. Goodbye, I think. I think Aston Villa, out of the three that have been promoted, even though they went up through the playoffs, they feel like the team that's most likely to stay up. I think they've done their business early. They've done it well. Uh, Target's a good sign-in. I think um, Jota's a good sign-in from Birmingham. Uh, I really I really think they're the most likely to stay up. They feel like they've got their ducks in a row. Possibly sort of comfortably going to stay up. I, I might put them about 15th. I don't know, man. They did lose Micah Richards. So oh, that's a gut punch, isn't it? You know? Well, do you remember when he was good? No, I don't. <laughs> I think it's before your time. Yeah, fuck off. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if, like, I am suspicious that we are, that Ian, you're saying that, and I'm also kind of thinking it, a lot of people are, because of their name. And if they were named, like, you know, any other fucking club. Mm-hmm. We'd be like, oh, they're probably going to go straight down. They just turned over too many players. They lost their best striker. Their system doesn't seem particularly suited to the Premier League, and they are not particularly tactically flexible. Like, they run a 4-3-3, but that's all they run, ever. And with that many new players, like, who fucking knows what they're going to be? So I don't know if I'm as comf- confident as you that they're necessarily going to stay up, comfortably at least. Yeah, but when you look at it, if you compare it to the other teams, I mean, Sheffield United haven't been in the Premier League for a long, long time. And they, you know, they brought a few players, brought in some experience with Yagielka, um, got in Ravel Morrison. <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, and so you'd expect them to be better than Sheffield and Norwich as well. You, you'd expect them to kind of be better. And if Newcastle are going down, Aston Villa are all right, aren't they? I think that I feel like maybe it's just because I'm old. Get your punches in now. But like because I've been watching the Premier League for a long time now, it feels like there are so many teams that I would have previously considered uh, Premier League that now I don't. So now I consider your West Ham's, Newcastle's, uh, Aston Villa's, people like that, I, I think they are vulnerable. I don't think I don't think Villa... I mean, have they been two seasons in the Championship now? It's been a while since they went down. It feels like two. So, um, research, isn't it? Have they been two? Who knows? Um, but... Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I am just saying it because I think they're a Premier League club. I mean, I remember Norwich in the Premier League. I vaguely remember Sheffield United in the Premier League. I just think they've done their business early. I think they've done it well. They've identified places they need to strengthen and they've done it. And whereas um, 
Wolves did that last year and it looked good and Fulham panicked and like did a load of spending, like 150 million quids worth of spending yeah. and it went to shit. It just feels like Villa have done it a bit smarter than that. So I, I fancy him to stay up. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my concern there is the, the like plus 11 on the expected goals, right? Like they yeah, way overperformed their underlying numbers last year and they lost their best goal scorer. They lost Tammy Abraham, who's not going back. He's staying at Chelsea this year. So like, those two things on top of already overperforming and losing their best player, like that's really worrisome to me. I mean, they did make a lot of good signings, though. You're right. But look how many, how much teams have to change their play style from the championship to the Premier League. Like, again, don't allow the recency bias of Wolves to taint the image. You know, it's such a unusual thing to, to hit the ground running so much in that way. Um, but even they... You know they calmed down a bit because I'm sure they were incredibly free scoring side in the championship, and then they only scored 47 goals last season. Right. But I think Villa, exactly as Ian said, I think Villa because of the history and because they know they they've been here before. It feels a lot more stable potentially, especially when compared to Norwich, who have been promoted and relegated. This will be the third time they've been promoted in six years, I think. Yeah, they're up and down. They're a real yo-yo club. Only lasted one season every time. Sheffield United, it's been a long time. So I don't. I I worry more for Norwich and, and Sheffield than, than Villa, for sure. Yeah, so next up we do have Sheffield. Uh, they came in second solidly. Uh, Dave Mateo's Sheffield. He's very excited, I'm sure, that they're <laughs> yeah, back up in the prem. big Sheffield fan. <laughs> yep. Uh, they scored 78 goals last season on 71.5 XG, so up by 6.5, but that's not that much. That's pretty much within the realm of reason. Um, 41 conceded on 42.7, so they actually slightly overperformed their expected goals allowed, but again, very, very close. 89 points on 83 and second place on second place, so they are actually what their numbers are, okay. um, which to me, again, t- sort of removing the name, like if you switch the names Sheffield and Villa... I would be like, oh, Villa are going to be fantastic, and I'd be like, Sheffield are going straight down. But here, like, the name Sheffield is kind of worrisome. They're really, really, really interesting about them is their tactical setup. They play a 3-5-2, but they play with, like, a genuine sweeper. And one of the other two center backs bombs forward in attack. So they play, like, a really possession-heavy style, and then once they've set up the attack, one of the two, like, non-sweeper center backs runs in, does an overload, and creates a ton of chances. It's a very fascinating setup. I'm really, really interested to watch them play. I don't know any other players, really, um, other than like they brought in, like you said, Chuck Phil G- Jagielka. But who else they brought in? They bought. Did they buy someone from Bournemouth? Lise Mousset. Who's he? Uh, someone that Bournemouth bought in a similar situation like two years ago, and he's like never played. Cool. So yeah. rubbish. They uh, got Ravel Morrison on a free. Exactly. Yeah. Chuck's mentioned Morrison. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's going to be the one that does it, isn't it? Like like you say, Oscar. I'm really interested to see how this system works. Well, it won't. It won't. <laughs> <laughs> they well, were won't. they were like solidly the best defense in the championship last year. Like in terms of the underlying numbers and the actual numbers, it's that not even close. Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough were when they came up. They were unreal and kept so many clean sheets and hardly letting any goals. And then look where that got them. They just then, not only did they not score goals in the Premier League, but they just kept conceding them. You know, it may be good defence to lose every game 1-0, but still losing every game 1-0. I don't know. I could see Sheffield being a more interesting Burnley. It's not really hard to be more interesting than Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, if what you're saying is right about them... Uh... 
which I don't doubt. But if what you're saying is right about them conceding the least, I mean, that's going to be really interesting because they've got that weird system where the defenders really get involved in the attack. So, yeah, Premier League-wise, that's going to be tough. I don't think they've got a lot of squad depth um, with the lack of transfers they've made. No, and they let a lot of people go. Yeah, it's only going to take a couple of injuries and we're going to be in trouble with Sheffield. Still two weeks to go. Chance for a window, you never know. They might get a couple because they haven't really spent much money so far. And you'd expect them to spend more than the 20-odd million they have spent. Yeah, I don't re- I don't know what the ownership scenario is there. But uh, yeah, you would expect them to try and spend a bit more money. But then even less than that, to, to move on to the next promoted team is Norwich, who again have signed no one. They've loaned... Uh, loaned a goalkeeper from Schalke. That's about it, really. Yeah, their biggest signing was Sam Byram from West Ham for £700,000. Yeah, who was, a, who was a backup right back at West Ham who I can't remember seeing him play. Yeah, I don't know. And their their numbers have me more worried than anyone else. Everyone's like look, being like, oh, they scored 93 goals. They're the top scoring promoted team in a long time. They finished in first pretty comfortably, blah, 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 blah. They scored 93 on 76.8 XG. That is an overperformance of 16 goals. That's insane. It's insane, yeah. Their expected points were 81 when they actually got 94, so 13 more Fucking table hell. points. That would have been playoff scenario. Yeah, they were expected to finish third place. They way overperformed. The only real player of any note, at least for FPL-wise from what I've been seeing, is that striker Puki. Um, and he did have fantastic numbers. He was the, of the promoted teams, he was by far the best player. So he did 0.48 expected goals, non-penalty per 90, and 0.10 assists. So that comes out to about a goal slash assist every other match, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Um, but yeah, we we flagged him up a bit on our FPL special that he could be one to watch if, but when uh, promoted teams come up, like someone's got to get the goals if they are going to score, and it could be it could well be him. But Norwich um, conceded sixteen more goals than Sheffield United. I mean, they scored a lot, but they conceded a lot as well. And in the Premier League, that's going to be a bit of an issue, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. They're going to be very leaky at the back. Um, now, in, in fairness, they conceded 57, but the XGA was only 48. So they should have scored less and they should have conceded less also. There should have just been less going on in general. <laughs> there is Norwich. There's not really a lot going on. Yeah, um, City of Mustard. It, it's pedestrianised. Um, there's an owl sanctuary. Um, <laughs> Look, of the promoted teams, both Villa and Norwich wildly overperformed their numbers. I think that's really a cause to be worried for them. Norwich. Did I say Norwich? I thought I said Norwich. You said Norwich. Okay, well, whatever, either one. <laughs> yeah, the the overperformance, like 16 more goals and 11 more goals for Villa than they should have scored, should have being a very loaded word there, but like, mm. on average in the expectation over the course of many seasons, blah, 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 those are pretty big fucking overperformances. Like, there's no one in the Prem that overperformed by that much last year. Like, not even close. No one was even into the double digits. They're fooling a lot of people into thinking that they're better than they are coming up. I don't know, because I've still put them as getting relegated, so... Yeah, I mean, one of these guys is going to survive because Newcastle's going down. Exactly. <laughs> Can we stop talking about the promoted teams now? I'm bored of them. Yeah, yeah let's move on. Yeah. Um. Next up, we have Brighton and Hove Albion, so that'll get us significantly more excited, right? No, it won't. Fucking shit. <laughs> Scum. Um, let's see, big transfers. Any big transfers for Brighton this Chris summer? Chris Hewitt out. 
treated like shit bastards. Um, and they brought in Graham Potter, who was the Swansea manager, who had a very good season last year. So a bit worried about that because he is he does seem to be a very good manager who has his head screwed on. So yeah, I don't he's want a him to he's make... a different manager to Hewton, isn't he? Yeah. So do we think they're going to be fine? Are they going to be worse than they were last year? I think they're going to be hovering exactly where they were last year. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it. It's going to be interesting to see what Potter does because he is a more attacking attacking manager. Mm-hmm. But has he got more attacking players? Not really. I no, mean, really. He's got Murray, who's still sort of old on on loan from Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> so you can only work with what you what you're given. So and they they exactly performed their numbers last year: thirty six point one expected points, thirty six expected points, and like within two goals in either direction of their XG and their XGA. So like they were exactly where they wanted to be or where they were supposed to be. Yeah. I think without without any big creative attacking signing, they are going to be exactly where they were last season. Yeah, I think I mean, it could be equated the same as like Hassan Hootal coming in at Southampton. Like they'll get a bit better. There won't really be like a massive difference, but they'll be all right. And oh, oh, that's the other thing. They sold their most creative player to Fulham. Uh, well, not sold, but they they loaned him out. So Anthony Knockart, bye bye. Did they loan him to Fulham? Yeah, yeah, gone. Championship. Bye. Why is that? Because they hate themselves because they're Brighton. That is self-harm. <laughs> yeah. And their attacking numbers were really, really shitty last year. They were the second worst attack in the league. Barely. Well, not barely. They were significantly above Huddersfield, but <laughs> yeah, second you know, worst. Because Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's move on then. We have Southampton. They finished in 16th last year. Uh, getting 39 table points, but they wildly underperformed. Their expectation was 45 table points, which would have been very comfortably into the mid-table. And they have they done a lot this summer? I don't actually know. Yeah, so Danny Ings on a permanent now. Uh, they bought Shay Adams from Birmingham, who is kind of a very exciting prospect coming out of the championship. Uh, we've had a good season last year, so there were quite a few teams sniffing about for him, so... I think that could be a good signing for them, especially as we said earlier, Hassan Hootel improved them a bit more in a, in the attacking way. And they just, there were so many games I saw with uh, Southampton last year where it's just they had no one in the box and just needed to put just put the ball in the net. They just never had that. So if they can get more of a presence there, then they should rise up the league. So I think rise up the league a bit more. But is Ings the answer? I mean, God, he's so Ings, injury prone. Ings can only get better. Nice. <laughs> yeah, they're fine. They're mid table, right? Like there's they they were better than they should have than their numbers say last year. The thing now, mid table, mid table just means like in that void, in that gelatinous void of transient positions where like any team you're like, oh, they could finish 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11. and it's just arbitrary because. It's like none of those teams could get higher than that. They're not going to get relegated, but they're not going to get top 10, probably. I mean, I don't know. Harsen Hootel's been... I have to, I always feel like I want to pronounce it. Oh, Harsen Hootel. Harsen Hootel. Harsen Hootel. <laughs> but, and I think he did some good stuff. But with that transfer business, which I th- is uninspiring, it, Ings is injury prone, wasn't great for them last season, scored the odd goal. Mm. They might be selling off Charlie Austin as well. You know things are bad when the transfers are moving in the other direction and Southampton are getting Liverpool players. 
And Liverpool didn't buy anyone <laughs> off of their squad this year. So, like, yeah, it's no yeah good. exactly. Yeah. What's the academy doing? I think that well is tapped. <laughs> <laughs> well and truly. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I like Southampton. I want them to do better. I liked them back in the day. You know, Lalana, Mane, all those guys. The Tizier. Sure. <laughs> he doesn't know who that is. <laughs> all right. Well, next up we have. My fucking least favorite team, and I fucking hate them, and I hope they get relegated with a record low number of points this year, but they'll probably fucking stick around like some sort of growth on your testicles that you should probably get checked out, but like... All right, come on. Too much? Yeah, we did that on Skype, and I thought it was private, but fine. (laughs) We had Burnley. Oh, no, we said Burnley. It's not my problem. Yeah, yeah, Burnley. Yeah. Is that what it's called? A Burnley? You've got a Burnley. <laughs> fucking Burnley. You've got a Burnley. <laughs> These Burnleys are really playing up, man. And there goes our one Burnley listener. Bye. Why did we have one? <laughs> what one Burnley listener stuck around for this long? Uh, probably not any. Um, so let's see. 40 points in the table. Expected 42. So that's about where they were. Um, they pretty much performed their numbers by the end of the year they got up to where they were supposed to be for xga not much not much there going on i don't know chuck have they done any good transfers this summer the real story no the oscar let's face it the real story here is uh, a moment of silence for at age 38 the great man the big man himself peter crouch has retired from the game of football and that's the real quiz that's really we don't care about Burnley. We just care that Peter Crouch is now gone out of our lives. Except he's not because he's doing this ridiculously huge podcast every week and probably making a fuckload of money out of it. You can make money from podcasts? No. <laughs> no, you cannot. We can. One can. I mean, they. Well, I suppose it's BBC money, isn't it? But they booked the O2 for, for like a live <laughs> oh, event. Oh, shit. That's crazy. Yeah. After Liam what, Gallagher turned episode, up. Liam Gallagher was there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crouch fest. Uh, spare a moment for John Walters, who also retired, apparently was on Burnley last year. Uh, they did sign Eric Peters from Stoke for £1 million. And Jay Rodriguez, remember him? For £5 million from West Brom. Yeah, not the most inspiring signings. No, not much going on. Burnley are boring, as always. Are you tipping them to go down, Oscar? I mean, you're no. the... No. No. They're, there's worse teams. And now that they don't have uh, Joe Hart at goalkeeper, <laughs> I think they'll probably unfortunately be fine. Oh, yeah. Joe Hart's still there. That yeah. worked out well for him, didn't it? Their goalkeeper situation is a bit up in the air, isn't it? I mean, Heaton might go, but even then they've got Pope. And yeah, Joe Hart could, you know, clean his boots or something. Yeah. This was actually, last season was the first, the closest they've ever been to their expected numbers, which like... I guess is satisfying or gets them somewhat off my shit list in some sort of like <laughs> And that's way. with them getting absolutely decimated at the start of the season because of that all that Europa League campaign. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck Burnley. Moving on. There you go, kids. We got Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Oh, lovely. Bower in the mouth. <sighs> Bower in the mouth. There we Bow go. Bow in the mouth. That does sound like a vocal warm up. <laughs> Bow in the mouth. Uh they came in fourteenth last year. Had 45 points, expected points 52, so pretty pretty sorely underperformed there. That would have gotten them into the top 10 comfortably last year. You just don't know what you're ever going to get with Bournemouth, like ever. Like, like we said last time out, they can either beat Arsenal 4-0 or Chelsea 5-0 or lose to Palace 5-0. Like, 
just so up and down and everywhere. But I mean, if they can actually get their players to stay fit for once, because Callum Wilson and Josh King have had quite a few problems with injuries. But they've got the makings of a good attack. A good attack, that's the thing. Not not yeah. a great defence. And they've done no business whatsoever. Um, well, I don't know if this is right, but is is Jermaine Defoe back on loan? Um, he is neither in nor out in the list of their transfers this summer, so I don't know what that means. Right, because <laughs> they sold him to... He went to Rangers, and now it's saying he's back on loan. Research, kids. Do it yeah. um, before you start recording. Top <laughs> tip. Yeah. The, I mean, I have the list of transfers, all the transfers by club this summer, and he's not listed anywhere. So whatever he had before the window opened is what he has. Right, okay. Also, who cares? Jermaine Defoe is 36. That's fucking he ancient. He the honourable thing and, and retire with Crouch, and then they should go down the leagues together. Oh, Crouch at Peterborough. Come on. Imagine that, Crouch and Defoe. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. Oh. At the ABAX. It's, it's not the ABAX anymore. It's the Western, Western Homes Arena. Western Homes. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's inspiring, isn't it? I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's inspiring. Uh, look, Bournemouth last year could have been top eight with their expected goals. Like, they're a good attacking team. There's a ton of value there for FPL. We brought them up last week a little bit. You can definitely, like FPL-wise, you definitely have King, uh, Wilson, or Fraser, no problem. Yeah, Fraser's a fantastic pickup. Yeah, but you don't go near their defenders or goalkeeper. Uh, who no. is their goalkeeper as well? Um Begovic, isn't it? No, well, he got dropped towards the end. Oh, Arta Boric. Of last season, it was Boric. And then that other really young guy. Exactly. So I don't think you'd go near him defensively from an FPL standpoint. If their defence improves, they'll go up the league. But I also don't think they're in any danger of going down. No. And they managed to sell Tyrone Mings for £20 million, so that's pretty, pretty good. That's one of those transfers, though. Tyrone Mings is one of those transfers where both parties are happy with that, though. Like... Villa are happy to get him for twenty million, and Bournemouth are perfectly happy to sell him for twenty million. Yeah, nice, nice when that happens. What transfers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, just everyone being happy. It's nice to be nice. This is the sad thing that just like I spent so long berating you for the Chelsea transfer ban, and now Palace are on a Tottenham self-imposed transfer ban. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, all right, next up we have Newcastle. Nope, they already go down. Next up we have. <laughs> Nope, we're saving them for next week. So next up, we have Watford. Just saying, fifty million pound net spend. What happened? Palace talking about net spend, mate. Fifty million up. Woo! There you go. From selling Zaha. <laughs> oh, the other one. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Watford, eleventh place, fifty points expected, forty six, so slightly overperformed, but would still get them comfortably safe. They didn't significantly overperform or underperform their attacking numbers. I guess they had a better defense, or they conceded less goals than you might expect. Otherwise, they went on a pretty decent run uh, last year, and they were, you know, they were they were solid. And they they normally do seem to have be quite streaky. It's the same kind of thing as Palace, and again, it shows because they they finished like one point apart in eleventh and twelfth. Um, got a bit more stability there now. When did Watford become like an established Premier League team? That sort of Happened without me looking, really. Probably two, three seasons ago. They went, they fired a lot of managers. I think that's why it, they don't feel like it's been that long. But, you know, they've been in the Premier League for like four seasons yeah. now, I think. No, no, they are established. I, I definitely, you know, accept they are established. But Watford just 
to me, again, it's because I remember them from Division 1 days or whatever, but I just sort of, yeah, they, they've sneakily got themselves in as an established Premier League team. They haven't even bought anyone, unless I'm wrong. Have you guys got... Craig Dawson of West Brom and former FPL darling. Cool, so they haven't For bought five anyone. five and a half million. And um, <laughs> some guy called Sam Dalby. Is it Sam Danby in disguise? Yeah, who knows? Are you Danby in disguise? Sal Danby. Dan, Dan Zambi. Is this just... Is Did you get inspired by Ian last week and now you have transferred to Watford? I must have tried to say that prick's name about six times. Damn um, Salby? Sam Dalby? Dalby? Me and Chuck played that really well, interrupting at the exact right moment. That annoyed me more than anything. It was fucking perfect. That, that annoyed <laughs> me more than anything. Did you see his name in the in the Miles Offside VIP Fantrax Draft League? Yep. Sam Danby's name? Yep, saw that. Yep. Yep. A nice nice lovely nod to you. What is it? Team Damn Samby. A quarter of the teams seem to be taking the piss out of me. I'm not even in the fucking league. <laughs> I mean, the fact that it's only a quarter, that's that's pretty good going, bud. Yeah. Well, there's still two more that haven't registered their teams yet, so we'll uh, see what you'll happens. You'll be up to there. 50% there. Yeah, there's time. There's time. Good. Good. Uh, what team are we talking about? I don't know. Watford. Who cares? Watford. Um, we're still in that void of not giving a shit. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole episode today. Hashtag content. <laughs> Is that, that that's the name of the episode? The void of not giving a shit. I might not make that the title, if that's all right. (laughs) The void of not giving a shit. Let's keep it moving then. In 10th place, we had West Ham. Oh, yeah. They're a thing. Yeah. They scored 52 points. Expected points, 43.7. Wildly, wildly overperformed their expected goals allowed. They XGA over the season was 66, and they only conceded 55. So they had a much worse defense. That's all Fabianski. Yeah, I mean, good. That's that is you know we often talk about like overperforming your XGA, often a sign of a good keeper. That I think that does fit the bill there. And also they've uh, released Andy Carroll, so their goals are going to go off a cliff now. Also, Samir Nasri. He's gone to he's gone to play with uh, player manager Vincent Company over in uh, Anderlecht. Has he got a lot of good massage parlors over there? Have they? <laughs> Where they can inject all sorts of stuff. Or extract. Libelous, do we need to edit that bit out? I don't know. I'll Google it later, find out. What, if you... Is, is it not against Samir Nasri, are you talking as in against the city of Anderlecht? <laughs> Either or. We don't want to smear Belgium. We like Belgium. Um, chocolate. Oh, that's it. We'll slag off the whole north of England, but a specific city in Belgium we'll have, we've got a problem with. Y'all talk shit about Belgium every time they come up. Chuck especially, you're like, oh, waffle eating, mayonnaise loving. I love waffles. I love mayonnaise. I love Belgium. Do you like mayonnaise on your waffles? Or? No, I'm not a monster. Jesus Why would you put mayonnaise on a waffle? I don't know. I've never tried it. That surprises me. But they've managed to <laughs> shift some dross there, for sure. Because they got rid of Nazari, got rid of Andy Carroll, and Marco Arnautovic has gone to China. Shock. Yeah, that is a big loss for them. He was their best player. No, it's not a loss. But he was, he was not even playing that much. And he's a bellend. He's evidently and, a bellend. Yeah, yeah, they should have got rid of him in January. I mean, just I've got no time for Nartovic whatsoever. All right. Well, they they also have spent a bunch. Although I don't really know either of these names: Sebastian Haller and Pablo Fornals. Both of them were pretty expensive. Thirty six million pounds for Haller. Twenty five million pounds for Fornals. 
for now is this kind of a potential like a Payet figure of being able to being like a great playmaker and um, Sebastian Allaire because uh, he is French. Um, Lovely. As someone who can actually score goals because, you know, for years there's been that the stats on West Ham strikers that are just awful and it's it's something like they've bought under Golden Sullivan they've bought nearly 40 strikers um, and they've averaged five goals each in their time at West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the West Ham striker drought is horrific. Yeah. And yet, believe it or not, they overperformed their XG last year. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they should be worried. They're much more on the bubble. Like, they're not a 10th place team. They're like a 15th, 16th place team. I try and follow a lot of people on Twitter, even West Ham fans, and they there's a lot of positive thinking with West Ham fans, specifically around those two signings that Chuck's well, talked yeah. about there. Well, yeah, I mean, they could change the numbers completely. But they, they've got, you know, they, they were unlucky last year because I remember feeling really positive for them because they spent quite a bunch. They bought some decent players and having Pellegrini as the manager was, was pretty good. So he's had more time to settle in with the squad and these signings are obviously due to kind of his influence. Um, but, and you've also got, because um, they signed Yarmolenko last year, who was like massive, massive prospect, but got injured so quickly and just mm. never really featured. Um, they've got Irish player of the year, Declan Rice. Um, Jack Wilshere, he's he's not injured um, this week. For now. For now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, it, yeah, it could be interesting. Again, defensively, it's, it's kind of the same thing as Bournemouth. Like, defensively, you wonder how, how things are going to be. But, no, I, th- I, I, I don't necessarily agree with what you said, that they're on the bubble. I think it's... West Ham have made some top-quality signings the last two years, and I'd, I'd kill to have Pellegrini as a manager at Palace. Like, absolutely. And so... Fair enough. Um, they were one of the only two teams, though, to overperform their expected goals allowed by double digits. Care to guess who the other one was? Go on. Tottenham Hotspur. Really? Yeah. They uh, they only conceded 39. The XG was 49 for Tottenham. We'll get to them next week, though. Um, so that brings us then to the three, like, genuinely good clubs, I think, from this bunch, which are... Because we're leaving uh, Maybe with the exception of Watford. But we have Leicester, Everton, and Wolves. Right. What happened, Chuck? Guys, because we're because we're leaving Palace out till next week, right, guys? Yeah, we've already yes. skipped over right. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, the the ones that are genuine, genuine oh, uh, contenders, guys. Yeah, that's, no, no, uh, that's what the point would be. That uh, yeah, yeah, genuine good clubs. Climb the table. Hmm? Yeah, yes. yeah, vocal fry. Gonna be uh, above twelve places yet. Yeah? <laughs> Maybe gonna make some signings in the transfer window. Yes, I'm sure it's gonna happen. Uh, Good stuff. Uh, right. Less Chester. So, <laughs> yes. Leicester. My sister, 52 points. Expected points, 56. Uh, pretty significantly overperformed their expected goals allowed by four goals, which is 11% of their total. So four goals doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. Um, let's see. Any good signings, Chuck? You're kind of on top of it with the signings. They, well, um, Iosi Perez, the... One million pound striker from Newcastle. They bought for thirty million pounds. Um, that's which a big transfer. That's 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 quite a lot. Um, considering he hasn't, you know, he's always been one of those players that's been around or getting kind of always seems to be like six to seven goals a season or so. If you ignore the fee, though, that that feels like a decent 
a decent transfer for them. Like it does. Thirty yeah. million. Yeah, I agree. Thirty million seems a bit much, but as a player for Leicester, I think when you get exactly that, like when you get a player who's a starter for a team who can arguably finish six, seven places below you but be like one of the main attacking threats and you bring them into your team as a squad player. Yeah. Like I think that's kind of the like the relative step of getting like Mares to Man City, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Obviously the the golf in, in ability is different, but to then bolster your, your squad is amazing. Um I mean they've had Slimani back. Uh they've signed Tielemans now. Yeah, um, forty from million from Monaco. That's their big biggest signing this summer. Big money. So they've spent yeah, they've spent like seventy five million um already so you wonder if there's going to be some outs there um well they did lose shinji okazaki yeah that's a shame i always liked him love the name mm. and he's always happy well and also it hasn't happened yet but maguire to potentially man U for a 80 250 million <laughs> i believe 800 million now does that help or hinder the argument that england players are overpriced i can't work out which one to plump for i mean there's an economic argument to this right like they should be overpriced in england because of the homegrown squad requirements <laughs> yeah. right like they're literally worth more but 80 million for slabhead it's got to be like a 15 to 20% increase right so if you do it by percentage that's about right I have no – it's a fucking absurd number, and I recognize that, it, like, transfer numbers are just inherently disgusting now. But, like, $80 million doesn't sound that for a relatively young, very good defender who is English and homegrown. How much is how much of that transfer value is solely because he's able to sit on a unicorn inflatable in a pool and not fall <laughs> off? Because <laughs> those things are bastard hard. So that's got to be at least – I did not see you arguing for this, Oscar. I'll be honest. I mean, Vir- Virgil Van Dyke was sixty million only a season and a half ago. Yeah, but that was an amazing deal, and also he's foreign. It's homegrown bias, and it's also the England squad, which for that World Cup they were greater than the sum of their parts. Yeah, and also you can't understate the fact that like every club charges Man United ten percent more than they would have charged someone else. Because it's United. They yeah. know, like, what, United's going to be like, well, we would have paid 70, but we're not going to pay 80. Like, yeah. it's it's fake money to United. They can pay whatever. So, of course, they'll throw 80 million around. Mm. I think I think we, like, as fans and as a, as a sports culture, tend to try to evaluate transfers in absolute. But, like, from, like, so, like, my, my primary background training was in economics. So, like, the economist in me is like, no, no, no. Every situation is different. You have to look at all the different variables that would determine that price. And I think when you do, like, 80 million, again, sounds like the right price for him. The prime variable surely has to be ability, and he's not that good. <laughs> it's not, though, never not has determining been. prices, not not across history. If you look at transfer prices across history, like, it's correlated to ability, but it's not. It's, like, maybe, what, 50 to 60% of determining that fee? I don't know. He's meant to be a ball-playing whatever centre-back or this marauding guy, but... His pass completion was lower than like both the Man United centre backs last year, so he's just got a big head. It's ten million to sit on a unicorn, twelve million big forehead, four million loads of memes where he's like got his elbow on a thing chatting to a bird that might be his sister, but I'm not sure. I've got a massive forehead. 
Where can I transfer to? Seven million just to be cut. You're too old. Seven million just for the nickname Slabhead. And then all the Man United shirts they'll sell to fat twats that have Slabhead on the back. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a good comparison to me is John Stones. Three years ago. And you know how much transfer numbers have inflated in three years. It's fucking insane. Mm. Three years ago, he went to City for 50 million. I think 80 million three summers later isn't that different. It's set in your... John Stones was kind of in the same situation. Yeah, and I think the market determined that that was a good pickup. But the difference between those two picks is is I can see him fitting in a system and and understanding why he's there. Whereas Maguire, it just seems like, again, uh, Man United are just... They, they're trying to get away from this thing of making big marquee signings or signing players that don't fit. And it just seems to be the same thing again. Like they're just overspending and it, it doesn't work in the system. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't even know what their system is genuinely. Like, no, they're very up in the air right now, United. It, I think it hurts Leicester, but I think if they get that 80 million and they turn it around and buy some good center backs, buy, buy someone... By like three good centre-backs. Exactly. For... exactly. If, to, to bring it back to Leicester, if that deal gets done and they can spend that money, then I think it's a really good deal for them. They've already done good business because um, Tielemans is, I think, a really good player. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think Leicester, are, obviously, the, the Premier League win that Leicester got was an anomaly, obviously. But when they sacked Ranieri... Uh, everyone was not sure. It was bullshit. Ostensibly, you were like, what the fuck? Yeah, everyone was. Exactly. And yet they seem to have pulled that round. And I mean, people are talking about them breaking the top six next season. Uh, Mm. That's ridiculous. No, that's a bit too much of a stretch, but I can see... I've heard a few people saying that. So I can see a real drive. I agree it's a stretch, but what I'm saying is that it hasn't just been the anomaly season and then straight back down. And... Maybe it's because they've been able to attract, as Premier League winners, they've been able to attract a certain class of player. And I think they've done they've done well in their recruitment of both players and manager. And I'm really interested to see how they do this season. I think yeah, only because the top six is so fucked up at the minute. Yeah, any of these three, Leicester, Everton and Wolves, were only a couple of points, expected points, I should say. Below Arsenal or Tottenham. Actually, in fact, Wolves were above Arsenal on expected points. You know, a couple of fluky results here and there. Like, you're not far off. So it's certainly possible, but I don't I don't know that I see it happening. They'd have to either hold on to Maguire or very quickly turn that around. Because there's yeah. only 16 days left. That is true, yeah. Mm. So if they're going to sell them, they need to do that now. So they have time to, like, do something else with that money. And that seems to have all slowed down, that talk. So maybe it's not even going to happen. It does, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, moving on to the next one, we have Everton, 54 points on the table, 56 expected points, um, pretty close to their numbers, nothing shocking there in terms of like goals allowed, expected goals allowed, etc. And in terms of their transfers, if I pull them up right here, they, the big one is Andre Gomes from Barcelona. Well, they had, yeah, they had him on loan last season and they've made it a permanent deal. Um, Barcelona obviously needing to balance the books because of the 120 million on uh, Griezmann that they've spent. Um, but also the interesting one for me is that they've managed to nab Fabian Delph for like eight and a half million quid. Um, oh shit! Yeah, and that pissed me off when I saw that. So I'm <laughs> like, whenever I see a transfer like that, I'm like, why isn't? 
Why can't teams like Palace or, or someone lower down still nab that? Yeah, there's literally no reason why Palace couldn't have got Fabian Dell. Nah, it's got to be wages, probably. Wage structures do play a bigger part in transfers than people realise. Mm-hmm. You can create a lot of disharmony all of a sudden just by bringing in one right. guy and paying him double what everyone else is. Yeah, like Adam P today was like, oh, Chelsea gave £100,000 a week to Callum Hudson-Odoi, which actually I saw reported as 180, so it's somewhere in there. And he was like, oh, he scored no goals in the Premier League. That's too much money. I'm like, shut up. You're an Arsenal <laughs> fan. Like, of course you think paying a player a fair wage is like too much money. There, like, there's a fair wage and there's paying insane money, Oscar, and that is insane money. No, it's not. It's Chelsea money and Bayern Munich wanted him. And if Chelsea wanted to hang on to him, that's the market. So Everton had a lot of players come back from loan and they have a squad. I actually think Everton will be quite good this year. Yeah, I think they they could break in. Again, these three clubs, Leicester, Everton and Wolves, I wouldn't be surprised if they cracked top six over the at the expense of like an Arsenal or a, even a United. Um or a Chelsea, but I don't really or a Chelsea or a Chelsea. Or Chelsea. Sure, there's, there's, there, yeah. there is arguments to be had for for any of them just because they're more I mean, stable at the minute. Che- like, sure, Chelsea lost Hazard, but they were comfortably above Tottenham, Arsenal, and United in terms of expected points. Mm-hmm. They were at seventy two. The other guys were all in the low sixties or high fifties. So, like, there's a there's a decent gap there to third, um, at least in terms of the expected points. Obviously, it played out differently in the end. It was pretty tight in the table itself, but. I'm not worried about Chelsea falling out of top six. I could see Arsenal or Tottenham falling out of top six. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they've bought some good players in the last, last few years. Um, and obviously, what's his face? Marco... Silva. Silva. That incredibly common Portuguese surname, yes. Um, yeah, and he's he's been doing good things there and, and, and playing more attractive football. One of their signings uh, from Barcelona, Yeri Mina, though, is currently under investigation for doing an advert for a betting website. Is that against the rules? I mean, Everton themselves are sponsored by Sport Pacer, and Sport Pacer is a betting website. So he's always advertised a betting website. It's just a bit weird. Y'all's relationship with gambling confuses me. It makes no sense. How how can he be in trouble for advertising a betting agency when I think like 10 or 11 out of 20 Premier League teams are sponsored by betting companies? Yeah, it's pretty fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And then you've got Joey Barton who bets on games he's in and loses them when he bets against his own team. But never mind that. Uh... Yeah. He also punches people in the tunnel. So. And he's a hipster scumbag nihilist piece of shit with a philosophy blog. Do you guys remember that? What? He had like a Tumblr page or some shit. He had some sort of blog where he just like broke down Nietzsche and like other nihilistic and like Oh, I vaguely remember that. Horrible philosophers, yeah. Yeah. We need to link that as an uh, episode preview with no context. If we can drag up his like GeoCities page or... (laughs) (laughs) It's MySpace. Chuck, you wouldn't get that. You were too young. No, I mean, all of these are passing references to archaic (laughs) realms of the internet. Yeah. Tumblr's still a thing. Never, mm, never used it. Where else do people go for their furry porn, if not Tumblr? <laughs> oh, you're disgusting. Come on. I didn't say where do I go, I said where yeah, do people It was go. implied. Alright, speaking of furries, the next team we have is named after an animal. We got wolves. But it's not named after an animal. Transition? It's truncation of the place name, which is Wolverhampton. Which is the place where wolves lived. It's the Hampton of Wolves. Yep. 
I just live in regular Hampton, so there's no wolves <laughs> No there. wolves around there. No, we got rid of the wolves. Regular Hampton. I've never heard of that one. Mm. It's like more north than Southampton, but less north than Northampton. They've bought Jimenez. <laughs> yes, they have. Uh, 34 million pounds. They also got Don Denker. Den Don Denker. Den Don Denker. He's a Don yeah. I like him. 12 million. That's a good that's a good pickup. They were good last year. They were genuinely good last year too, Wolves. Like irritatingly um, good. Just to throw out the numbers, they had 57 points, expected 60, which is better than Arsenal and only one below United and Tottenham on the expected points. Um and they were uh they underperformed their attacking numbers by a pretty decent margin. They only scored 47, but they expected was for 53. Yeah, fairly low scoring team. I mean, they they scored four less goals than Palace. Yeah, that's like shocking. That surprises me, considering like Jimenez was FPL gold. Like, so if they'd have if they'd have actually played to their numbers, it would have been even better. Yeah, for sure. They're they're another team that you should be picking up their players because they're going to be undervalued for FPL for attacking like... wise. I think no, not defenders. They're yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Same thing. Same as Bournemouth. 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 Bore in the mouth. All right. Um, that's all the teams I have on my thing. Why don't we wrap up this way then? If there's one team you guys would pick from these to crack the top six, who would you pick? I, well, speaking of predictions, nice segue there. Um, I have predicted that Everton would be sixth this year. I've put them above Arsenal. Because even though Chelsea and Man United are a mess, I just think Arsenal are still even now more of a mess. Plus, it will piss off Adam. Um, <laughs> it will really piss off Adam. Yeah, it will really piss him off because he deliberately has said... Um, I should mention what I'm referencing. As I put out today on Twitter, last year we ran the Predictor League. We were going to do something different this year, but no one suggested anything because you're all lazy pricks. So I thought... <laughs> I just do the same. And we can't be bothered to do our own fucking work. No, um, I can't be bothered to think of anything. So you can submit in your predictions to us of where you think the twenty teams of the Premier League will finish. We work out an aggregated score, see what your difference is, and you can win something. Um, we haven't decided that yet. Well, um, la- last year we did fifty quid to the club shop of your choice, but this should we we should call out to sponsors if anyone wants to sponsor the Mars Offside Predictor League. We'll mention it every week. You can donate a prize and we we will give you advertising every week. And we've got literally hundreds of listeners. Literally. Yeah. Hundreds. Well, I mean I listen to it hundreds of times. Say hundreds. That counts. Yeah. Doesn't it? Hundreds. Yep. Um is that for SEO? Yeah. Is yeah, there yeah. like Google listing? So if we just say thousands a lot then it will just spread. Hundreds and, and thousands. Yeah, hundreds and sprinkles. thousands. Um we'll do a bit of jiggery pokery. Buggery pokery going on over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bug- buggery's different, mate. Buggery's not the same. Very different. <laughs> I mean, I'll take whatever, but... Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> um, yeah, do we know anyone? Who's got money? Give us some stuff. People advertising. Yeah, we'll advertise You know it. what I think would be a cool prize? Is the same thing I might do for the Fantrax League if we make, like, actual Miles Offside custom socks. Yeah. Yeah? We'll chuck some of them in. Yep. Yep. So you're going to win a pair of socks? At the very least. We'll, we'll, we'll spitball it. This is not a conversation to have on air. Um, it's definitely a conversation yes, to have you on air. Can, you can send us your predictions either via the Twitter um, or email us at milesoffsidepod at gmail.com. 
just where you think all 20 teams will finish. And then, yeah, Newcastle, 20th. Job done. So yeah, so that's the Predictor League. And we've also got our Miles Offside FPL team up and running. Yes. Um, I tweeted tweeted that out, well, Wednesday, um, the 24th of July. Um, and so get on our Twitter and, and take a look at the team and put forward your suggestions for any changes. It's very much a first draft at the minute. We're being a bit out there with some picks and we're in a league, the FPL Roundtable, I believe it is, Ian. Yeah, so FPL Roundtable um, do some YouTube podcasts and they invited us into a podcast league. But we thought we'll open it up to you, chumps, and um, let you make some decisions. So, yeah, Chuck's Chuck's put a team together and uh, you can have a look at it and decide what you think is right or wrong with it. Yeah, we'll, we'll put forward and then we'll take all your suggestions. We'll put a poll together out of those. So we'll do a few before the season starts to get our game week one team going. And then what we'll probably do is come up with suggestions ourselves um, and you guys can pick what we do with the team from there on in. Although, please stop suggesting Harry Kane. We're not going to get Harry that Kane. That is not going to happen. He's not a good pick. Yeah, don't worry about that. That's yeah. that's just not happening. There is, there is, you know, as much as we suggest and open suggestions, I will just have final say on it. <laughs> And just veto anything dumb. Um, but fun stuff. Yeah, bring, bring the fun stuff. And as we've said before, if you've got a player that you really want to get into your FBL team, but you just can't mentally justify it, then suggest it to us. We'll get them in. And, and live, live vicariously through us. Exactly. Great. And Ian, your answer for which team will crack into the top <laughs> Leicester. All right. There you go. I got Wolves. Are you not going to put Chelsea? You think Chelsea might crack, hey. they might crack into the top six? Yeah. You did, Nick. Just for that, I'm putting Palace as relegated in my predictor league. I mean, Kate, you can, but you'll just come last I'll again. Tell you. Exactly. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I think Palace will get top ten. We'll save that for last for next yeah. week. That wraps us up for this week, where we spoke about our, the bottom, as it were, thirteen teams, basically Newcastle and a load of other people. Um, they're coming last. Um, Next week, we will be looking at the top six, um, as well as my own team, Crystal Palace, because, like I said earlier, I just really need something to happen so that I have something to talk about. Please. So we'll take you the next week. Please, can we do something? And please, can it not just be Sal Zaha? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, fast forward one week, Chuck's like miserable and crying and drunk because they sold Zaha uh. and Juan Bissaka in the same summer. <laughs> It would be worse if it would... No, but I always said sell them both at the same time. It makes sense if we spend the money. But anyway. If um, you spend the money. And not to Arsenal, because it's Arsenal. Um, well, Zaha to Everton's like the new thing, right? Oh, that's not going to happen either. For fuck's sake. It's just Sky Sports as shit. <laughs> anyway, so that'll be next week. Um, if you have any questions or anything else that you want to get in touch with us, like feel free um, for, for next week. But we will be doing kind of deeper dives on the teams that percentage wise more of you care about and <laughs> <laughs> rather than uh Huddersfield not that they're in this one but who do we have any Villa listeners no I don't know um we will also next week uh be making our predictions um for our end of season uh so we did this last year I won standard um and it will be stuff like the total goals total number of cards golden boot winner etc etc um yeah suggest we release- things we should predict actually yeah, suggest things we can predict and then we'll announce it on the pod next week. And then you can send your suggestions to at Dave underscore Matteo <laughs> underscore. Uh, on, Stateo, I think, isn't it? I don't know. He's got multiple. Just search Dave Matteo. We'll show up and just uh, send your predictions <laughs> to him. Any Anything else, gents? 
Anything else been going on with you guys? No? <laughs> Life? I mean, it was Comic-Con week, so, you know, throw gotta throw a plug out there for Nerdy Nerd. Big week this week for all your nerdy needs. We got Comic-Con covered. It was a big-ass episode, hour and a half, just published a few hours ago. So much so, nerdiness. You know, Ian, you got I know, anything we did, we did actually have some mop listeners no, write in and be you like, had hey, 10 seconds. You had to 10 seconds for your side okay. project, mate. All right, that's it. No more. <laughs> Ian, anything you've got to plug, mate? What are you, uh, you on uh, the bill or anything? Uh, I watched Bedford Town, Peterborough United stream on YouTube live the other day. And I thought, what a time to be alive. Yeah, and now he's drunk a bag of wine. So there you go. Tells you all you need to know. Does that um, show? <laughs> Does it show I've drunk a bag of wine? I think they they could probably tell. Um, hopefully, you keep the outro in. But uh, that's all, folks. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. When they sacked Manieri, we all sort of... Stop saying Manieri! Stop <laughs> saying Manieri, for fuck's sake! What, what is it? Ranieri. You're saying Manieri an with an M. What? Who is it? Claudio Dickhead. Claudio Ranieri. 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 Not Manieri. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm drunk. Oh my god, Ian. <laughs> Put down the bag of wine. <laughs>